I think it'd be a really good idea to do like a quick check-in on like where we are now because you and okay. I have both been traveling. So Ivy, why don't you share right now where you currently are? Yeah. So I just got to San Francisco last week. That's why I have such a nice background behind me now. I specifically booked a nice Airbnb so that I would have a better podcasting and like YouTube restart sort of studio-like vibe. This isn't even the cutest corner, but it's hard to set up a mic anywhere else. So I kind of still have to sit on a cushion. (laughs) But uh, yeah, where are you? You're still in Taipei, right? Yeah, I'm staying out. You're in a hotel. Yes, I am in a hotel, but I'm staying at Fulon uh, Hotel. So two of my friends are coming from Singapore to come visit and hang out. And so I moved out of my parents' place and now I'm staying at a hotel. So there's more space and like I can actually see my friends. I think one of the biggest indicators of like if you're moving around or if you stayed somewhere is like artwork. I don't think I like I don't have artwork at home. Like it's never yeah. I have yeah, artwork so. too here. <laughs> I know. That's what I noticed. I was like, I was like, oh, Ivy's moved. Um, but one of the interesting things that has come up quite frequently, especially as like we're moving around about and reaching out to different communities and talking to new people all the time. I personally am going through this right now. I would love to get your opinion on it and share how I'm dealing with it, but it's around like social burnout and setting setting actual boundaries for yourself because you and I are both like community co-founders and you also run an ed tech like company and you your touch points they're probably like 50 or more so i want to know like first off how what boundaries do you set when it comes to like dealing with people and then the second part uh, maybe we'll go into that more detail but i have like a whole bunch of things i want to talk about <laughs> so yeah how do you set your boundaries with people in general when they ask for your time Before I answer, can you share more about like what you're struggling with right now? Oh, yes. Um, So most recently, I feel like a lot of people are reaching out to me asking for like coffee chats, like these like one-on-one personal coffee chats, which I derive energy from because I get super excited about hearing people's stories and like what they're up to. But I realize it's not sustainable if I do like three a day. It's quite exhausting. I'm really tired. And sometimes I feel like I don't get anything out of it anymore. Um, so that's one. And I think the second one is like the social media stimulation. Overstimulation is overkill, overdrive. Like I don't know how people run social media 24-7 and not get burnt out. And then I think third is just like dealing with like life things, like upkeep, like general health, my parents' health, like where I should go the next day. I think right now I'm just like, wow. Life admin. Yeah, like life admin. And I think one of my toxic traits is like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. I'm going to go live in a hole for like two weeks and then I disappear. (laughs) That's my coping mechanism. Okay, so this topic that we've chosen today is about boundaries. So I can understand, you know, the first part of it. It's like, where do you set boundaries with people in your life who are asking for your time? And then how do you set boundaries for yourself in terms of like the stuff that you do maybe on social media? Mm. But I'm kind of unclear about why the third part where it's like life admin, like literally like, (laughs) you know, where like you've got to go do some things like book that flight or like book that hotel and like go work out like that. I feel like it's not boundaries related or like maybe I'm getting something wrong. Okay. That's just color. That's just context. So ignore the se- the third part. Okay. It's because you have to do the third part that you need to reduce <laughs> everything you know, else. The other two. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got it. So this is really exciting because literally two nights ago <laughs> when I first got to SF, I got invited to a community builders dinner and it was incredible. There were only one, two, three, four, seven people 
And there was someone that threw block parties just on the streets of Mission when things are usually closed down every weekend, like pedestrian streets, so that he would just like text a bunch of people and be like, let's dress up and like order a pop-up barbecue and do that together. And it started with just his friends when he first moved to SF and it was just five, six people. And then gradually people just walking by because it's such a busy place, they would spot, hey, why are there are people dressed up, you know, why is there a barbecue going? Why is there art exhibits? And then they started doing like things like let's do a dance or a chalk festival where artists can draw on the street. So he runs these like impromptu things and he doesn't get anything out of it. It's just fun. Just kind of like how we run Asian Wonder Woman, right? So that's why I was there. I was representing Asian Wonder Woman. Then there's communities where, you know, one of my friends who invited me, he throws these Halloween parties, for like 500 plus people ticketed with great DJs, like up and coming DJs every year. And then there's people who run like 15,000 person communities, much larger than ours um, on recruiting or on like gene biohacking, kind of like you can order DNA strips and genomes apparently. And then it's for like people who aren't in biology to sort of experiment with it. Anyway, huge communities, people who are in co-living spaces. And this was a topic that came up too a topic that someone's like, how much time do you spend mentoring and meeting with people in your community when it's kind of like the same conversations happening over and over again and you only have like finite time to give and how do you parse through that? And so what we talked about was actually like how each of us handle all these like inquiries of, of time because the ones that I get and I'm sure the ones that you get too are something along the lines of like, hey, like I thought your story that I saw on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever is really interesting. And so for me, it's like your LinkedIn profile is so interesting. And I like, I would love to hear more about your story. Can we grab a coffee? Or like, I would love to learn more about what you do, et cetera. And the thing is like, I, I would say like people are split into two realms, right? Like some of them actually have something interesting for you. And the other half is just like, I think they want something from you. And for me, it's usually like, they want to get connected to someone. Like they want a job, maybe for you in Asia. Like they want you to connect them with company. They want you to give some kind of advice. And the other part is just like genuinely, hey, I just want to be friends, (laughs) right? So it's like, how do you filter those two? And one of the girls in the group, I'll give my advice too, but she said something really interesting. She's like, take this on like online dating. So Mm. always have a conversation first in the DMs before you move it to a coffee chat or even like a virtual chat. So what she does is she always asks three levels of questions. So if someone's like, hey, I found your profile interesting or like, et cetera, you'd be like, hey, what did you find interesting about my profile? Like, what do you want to talk about basically? And then I've had this experience. I, I think of it differently. I think of it like if I can answer your question, like deliver what you need without me giving 30 minutes of my time, then Mm -hmm. I would rather do that, right? Like it benefits both of us. So I I usually ask that too. And there's like a 50% drop-off rate right there. (laughs) I think like most people can't formulate questions because they don't, they don't know you well enough. They don't, they didn't think about your profile or like your story deep enough, but you and I both create content. And so does this girl, right? Like we all create content. You can actually find most of it online. And so I usually just like send them an article, whatever they need. They're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I would just love to hear your story. I'm like, hey, I wrote an article about my story. Like, read it. And if you have any other questions on whatever I can help you with, then like hit me up, you know? So that's just like layer one. Wait, do you reply to every single person though? Like every single person who like sends a LinkedIn message to you, do you like re- respond? Cause that's another thing I've been thinking too, is just like completely not responding anymore. 
I think that's like a little bit rude, but it like <laughs> really depends on. Yeah. I feel like it depends on. Mm, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I don't respond to everyone, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you who I don't respond to. So like, I get a ton of LinkedIn requests. I probably get like dozens yeah. every day, right? Because I post so much on LinkedIn. I don't accept anyone who doesn't have a message, Same. and that message better be somewhat compelling. That's not just like I loved your profile, like not something copy and paste. Yeah. Okay, so I accept them. This is, it's honestly so much like dating, right? Like, let's say we match now because they said something. And then I, like, when I was dating and I said, they would have to say something again, like something interesting, right? It's it's basically online dating. So if they don't say anything interesting to me, then I don't really respond. And so the conversation of this group actually moved on later to how do you get someone to respond when you want to reach out to someone? And Mm. my friend actually gave really good advice. And he was just like, no matter how busy the person is, because you and I are probably like talking to CEOs or like head of partnerships or whatever. Like someone who we want as a mentor is probably even busier Mm -hmm. than us, right? So his suggestion was like message someone and say, hey, I love what you do in this field. Like be specific, you know, read at least, you know, the first page of Google about this person. And then say like, I want to go more in depth on this topic that like whatever, insert topic that the person is an expert in and it's like what is the top three resources you could recommend mm. I've already read xyz of yours right that shows like hey I tried and I'm like asking a specific question most likely than not they're gonna be like oh you just want resources like if they're an expert in that area and they're like very well read in that space like I would easily send three articles three youtube videos whatever my own content or like content that I like to this person then you go and read these three pieces of content then you're like oh hey from this content, here are my even deeper questions like yeah. that I have about this stuff or about you, et cetera. I would love for you to just answer these like two questions. And then apparently, look, I've actually never done this, but he says 80% of the time, you're going to get a Calendly link because you've just gone so deep. And that it's, yeah. it's kind of similar. It's like avoiding the other person in giving you like three deep questions to like kind of qualify you. Yeah. Right. So I, I definitely really protect my time in terms of calls. I'm on calls all day for work. I hate, I just don't want to do calls, but the other community builders at dinner said they block off two hours a week or three hours a week for Mm -hmm. people that reach out who have gone through their filters. So that's what I recommend. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I think the one thing in that, again, like referring back to what you were saying when you get like DMs, it's really like when I think of it, like from my perspective, when people are reaching out, I'm like, what do you need and what do you want? And like, what's the best way to help you? So like, I personally just want like a very straightforward, fast question. But like, to be honest, I also don't respond to people who are like, hey, like, could you help me get a job in Asia? I'm like, Asia has so many different countries. Like, let's unpack that question, right? Like, there's so many different countries in Asia. What do you do for your job? Like, when do you want to get there? Like, I need people to drill into, like, these questions. And if you don't do that, sometimes I'm like, I'm not just going to respond. Or, like, I'll respond a month later. Yeah. It's like you you have to show me that, like, you put in some kind of work, right? Like, I'm not putting in that work for you. Like, I have to go find jobs that are meant for you. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'm not your mom. I'm not doing this for you. Totally. But I will say one of the things that compels me to help people is like when I see their drive, 
like when I see like their ambition or like they were like, oh, I, you know, I watched this specific video of yours or um, I read this book. Like, oh, I saw that you were asking this question. Here's like a good resource. Like, even though they might not be able to help me answer questions, they're still like helpful. And so I'm like, okay, this is kind of like a good relationship that we could begin. I guess that's like from my perspective. Yeah. Uh, actually, before before you go to the next point, I think yeah. like, other than boundaries, like we always, sometimes I recommend, hey, like you should think about how, like to my mentees, go think about how you can help this other person, right? Like send them a resource that they might need yeah, because it shows that you've paid attention. And that's how you show drive and ambition. I always say that like good people or like just like people who will yeah. get a lot of help, try to go as far as they can before asking for help yeah. versus like asking for help as soon as they start right because like yeah. google just at least do a because google search <laughs> of like how to find a job in asia right like that's not asking for that much like if they can't formulate like take 30 seconds to formulate a good question like why should we give 30 yeah. minutes of our time exactly yeah. But, yeah. but that leads me to say that like do you think you make enough asks from your audience like do you think your audience knows what you need in order to provide you value, like let's say if someone who does know how to do this, mm. right? And and like I want to preface this with like I do believe that a lot of young people just don't know that they're supposed to do this. That's why it's so important to just yeah. like ask these in depth questions to try to pry it out because I didn't know this when I was twenty two, right? Like I would be the one being like, "Hey, like I'm a student, can you help me?" Like our right. This is why they should listen to our podcast. <laughs> I. I would like to say that this isn't something like I want to educate people on how to ask like right questions, right? Like that, I think that's something that like I had to figure out when I was younger and like, but again, like maybe it's through social media when I ask questions, like I am very, mm-hmm. I engage a lot with my audience. So I will ask questions like to my, my viewers, like whether it's through on YouTube or Instagram. So those are like little like signs where you could, re- like those are moments of engagement that people can interact with me. So I think that's one that's like, oh, you actually read my content or you're like viewing my content. But again, like I, I think right now for me, it's like, I am very gung-ho on like protecting my space. So using someone as an example, you know, uh, Peter Levels, the guy who created like Nomad List, he's like a serial entrepreneur. He has like oh, yeah, 10 yeah. different startups, right? So like he re- he wrote this piece on like why he doesn't take meetings with like anyone unless there's like some sort of like business case. Like he doesn't do he doesn't do like podcasts. He doesn't do like PRs. He's, he never like focuses on the media. He's just building. He's always in like build mode and then he just launches Mm. it. And then his PR platform is Twitter where he shares like how much he's made, how much, like what he's working on. And he engages with his like core community there. But I thought that was fascinating because I was like, oh, like I take calls from so many people all the time. And the way that he said it was like, you know, if he broke it down and like in hours, like, oh, you have like an hour to, for breakfast, an hour of like working out an hour for his girlfriend, whether it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it just like, he just broke it down in chunks. And I was like trying to figure out where my time went. And a lot of it was like, I broke down my time. And a lot of it was like work, social media, and just like coffee chats. So I think moving forward, I'm just going to be a little bit more intentional. Like with my how many hours do you do coffee chats right now per week? I would say probably given the time, like the social time. So coffee chats can occur through like Zoom calls or in person. And I think it's probably over like 10 hours per week. And I think that's a little bit too much. Oh my God. Yeah. But that's also part of like the community building aspect, right? Like Mm -hmm. Asian Wonder Woman. Like the reason why now Taiwan has such a big thriving community is because I've been meeting all these people, connecting them and whatnot. But I realized like I'm tired and it's not sustainable. So 
it's like we might need to do more like group batching and yeah, we do have a hot pot sure. event on saturday yeah i mean i think you should bucket like block off certain hours right so like yeah. it's different when it's like part of your job or like part of your work i would split that as like community building versus like mentoring others like when someone requests mm. a coffee chat and the intention is like you're here to help them or like you're here to like mutually exchange something versus like you as our community manager who's like trying to invite more people to the community like you have your motives as well right like we're trying to build a strong community in order to build a business yeah. from it that's slightly different i think than just someone reaching out and you just want to give back i think those hours should be like more um condensed and like operate on your own time and it's zoom and you have like a calendly set up of mm -hmm. like four 30 minute calls every week at the same time and everyone has to adapt to your schedule even if you are traveling everywhere yeah. um actually a really good way of saying like hey like ask me the questions first is hey i'm like in a totally different time zone from you right now this is not gonna work out for me i say that all the time i, I do that so much in japan <laughs> in Asia. i'm like hey like Sorry, I'm literally in Japan. So, like, I just can't make time. Like, I can't work through the logistics of this right now. Yeah. So, can you send me your questions and I'll answer them on, like, voice note on, like, mm. you know. And, again, 50% drop-off rate. Because, like, people just reach out. To, people think that they need to network with someone first in order yeah. to ask for something. When, really, yeah. you just want to get to the ask. I'm, like, I'm happy to introduce you to whoever you need to be introduced to or, like, send you the right resources <laughs> I just don't need to give you 30 minutes. Like, you don't need to hear my story for 30 minutes. Like, watch this YouTube video of my story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, other resources, like, I wrote an article about how to find seven steps in finding mentorship. It's on my website. And then also, I really like this article by Jordan Harbinger. I don't know if I pronounced it right. It's called How to Ask for Advice um, mm -hmm. and Make the Most of It. It's also a podcast. I really like a lot of his content on like networking and stuff. So we'll gotcha. link that in the description of this podcast. Yeah. One other thing that I did also want to know is how you balance like work and also like personal life as well. Like I've heard from friends like personally that they're like, oh, like, you know, we you kind of just disappear for like two weeks and like you don't respond to text or you're not as like active or communicative and I'm like yeah because I'm doing like a hundred like different little things because when I'm there like in person I'm super engaged I'm like very present Husband. but if I'm not yeah if I'm not in the same city as you or the same time zone as you like I might take a couple days to respond or like it's just I don't want to be on my phone all the time is that something you had to deal with um like with your personal life and your career I mean obviously career you you have to be on I'm like terrible with personal messages. Um, mm. Owen, my husband, knows that like when we're apart, I like don't respond to his messages. Like <laughs> we were just apart for a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. I think we called once in the middle because he's like, hey, we haven't talked for like five days and you don't respond to anything. Like I probably give him like one more <laughs> responses like once a day, only only yeah. when he's like, hey, you did not respond to those like 10 things that you <laughs> sent you through the day. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't. It doesn't feel urgent and it doesn't feel like yeah. I know that that's how you're supposed to, I, I'm terrible. I'm not saying do this. Um, so mm. personal life is bad. Like if, if I'm that bad with like my husband, I am not good with like friends, you know, um, it might take me like days and only if I like, I see it and then I like, I'm like doing something. And then if 
suddenly I come across it again or think about it, I I will try to go back right away. And it's forever this like, don't do immediate things. And then like when yeah. it comes up, you do it. There is a rule that if it only takes like two minutes to do, just do it immediately. Or if not, add it to your to-do list. I'm trying to do that a bit more. I do it. I do that for work. Mm. So for work, how I draw my boundaries is I've made it very clear what my focus is on. Like what me as a CEO can do to like move the whole ship forward. And then anything outside of that, like, for example, I always get requests to like review like website copy or review like this email that's going out, review this new strategy that's going forward. One, like, it's great. They're, 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 like the staff is getting trained to be like, okay, I need to build this. And it's like primarily my duty. And I have a communications guideline being like, whatever you want me to make a decision, tell me what your decision is and when you're going to execute on it if you don't hear back from me. That's basically yeah. what I tell them. And then my three priorities right now are like, I need to hire people. Like that's something that only I can do. And I just sell them. I need to make sure that like the right people are on the right tasks. I need to be in touch with the customers. So I need to do parent interviews, like Mm. kid interviews, even if there are other people doing it. I think that's like really important for me to like align on everything and also do the one-on-ones that I need to do. Make sure that like the whole team is it's kind of related to talent in like interviews, like internal and external interviews. And then finally, like the most important project right now that affects everyone is social media, YouTube, organic content, which just needs me right now to be the face of it. And I don't really know when I won't be the face of it, but those three things. So when someone's like, hey, can I, can you review this? I'm like, unless this is literally the final copy right before it goes out, like I'm not reviewing it. <laughs> like just do whatever you need to do. And then literally before you press publish, let me like take five minutes to look at it. You know, yeah. here's suggestions of who you can go find to review it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do push back. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. I think it's also like giving them the empowerment to make decisions on their own. And then again, like you don't need to review unless like you really have to. Yeah. Boundaries are such a big thing. What about you? Like you're a one person team, right? Like how do you draw, like what boundaries do you have at work? Yeah. I think currently right now I have been trying to do like the whole like fixed schedule thing where like Tuesdays and Thursdays is like when I'm doing like consulting work for like the New York startup that I'm with right now. And then I realized it was like a lot of my time is scattered throughout the week. And just like throughout this conversation, I realized I was like, I do want to start batching things like, you know, those coffee chat like maybe like every, I don't know, Wednesday morning, that's like where my coffee chats are, right? Like for like two hours. And then like, I think I need- Context switching hard. Yeah. Like I think I context switch a lot, especially around like multiple projects, a lot of different like content partnerships. Okay. Actually, one of the boundaries I set recently, so I had a content partnership with Coffee Meets Bagel and I stopped it because I was feeling really overwhelmed. And I was like, I can't deliver results right now. And like, I don't have the capacity. And I, that was really hard for me. Cause I was like, I want to take on like all these things. It's like money. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was like, it's money. But then I, I think the reason why I'm getting burnt out is cause I'm doing all these like little content projects here and there. It's like one time, one time, one time, right. It's like a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here. And then I'm like, okay, what is more sustainable in the long term? And it's more around like media packaging, media bundling, and so I'm just like trying to rewire my brain to like think smarter rather than just like short spurts of like energy. So yeah. that's, that was like a really hard boundary I set for myself. I would also think about like your energy levels through the day. Yeah. Um, so I actually, so some days I, I'm in PSD and I'm sure like whenever I travel, my meetings are on different times because I do try to accommodate my team wherever they are. Like it has to be whatever matches and 
if it doesn't match, then EST, North American hours, take priority because people run programs in North American time. And so I, I don't want them to. Um, be, it'd be too difficult to accommodate me in the work evenings too, more, more than they need to, to run programs. And so it's been really hard in PST and in Japan where like I wake up and my first meeting's at like 7 a.m. Oh, and I yeah. hate waking up before seven. And so I'm literally out of bed, brush my teeth, go straight to my computer. And yeah. that sucks. It like, And then I have straight meetings till maybe like noon. And then yeah. I maybe have like three hours to work. But by that time, I'm so tired. I'm like, I cannot do any of my own work. And that's why my content creation, the whole social media piece of my priorities has really suffered. I have like zero creative energy after four hours of meetings starting at 7am, you know? And so I'm trying like next week, I'm actually moving some things in my calendar where there's only like maximum two mornings and the other three days I'm like, mornings are clear. Like today I didn't have meetings in the morning and I had such a better, like so much of a better day. I just like went with the flow and I like meditated in the morning (laughs) and I'm like, wow, I'm like so much more productive. And so cutting meetings, making sure that like you have time to do the most important things whenever you're the most energetic, I think is really important too. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like you waking up at seven and like jumping out of bed and like going straight to your laptop. It's almost like you're rushing for like, like there's like a fire basically. Um, And it's not, I mean, I do that too as well. And it's like really not healthy. And the way that I get through the day is like three, four cups of coffee. (laughs) I don't drink coffee. Oh yeah. See, that's impressive. I'm like, I need caffeine. I'm a caffeine addict. Have you heard of the term, uh, so shoshing? It's my favorite term right now. Shoshing. In Chinese, it's like show I like um, yeah. To oh, I can't translate this, but but no, it's, it means like your heart is scattered everywhere. Like your attention yes. and like your soul and like what you want to do is scattered. So you should like yes. pull it together. Yes, pull yes. your shit together. Yes. That's like, <laughs> what uh, yeah. Something. So that's a very direct translation, but it's one of my favorite terms. Someone like shared that with me recently. And it means like a lot of people do this usually on a Sunday night where it's like, oh, I'm preparing for Monday. Like I have, I'm going to war to battle to work. And so I'm like, I'm going to rest, like make sure I get, you know, good night's sleep. I know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. It's kind of like that. And that does help you in your like productivity and like your week. But if you're kind of just like jumping into it, that's, it's just a a whole different experience. Yeah. You have no idea. Like, you're immediately scattered in like what your priorities are. Yeah. Right. You're like on this like fight or flight kind of thing. And like in the decision-making matrix of, you know, consequent, like there's urgent and non-urgent and like, um, what, what's, what's the other one? It's like impactful, mm-hmm. right. And not impactful. And then, so you actually want to spend a lot of time in the not urgent and impactful <laughs> time yeah. and not the just urgent and mm-hmm. unimpactful. Like you actually, you're always trying to balance those two. And so, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think this conversation is like giving me a lot to think about. I'm like, after this call, I'm going to like, I'm going to just like configure my entire schedule and get, you know, structure it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Hope everyone else does too, because like managing your calendar is such a life skill that I didn't even know was that important because I teach life skills. And like, even though when I think of like some parent or some teacher saying, hey, you should teach our kids like how to manage their schedule. I'm like, what's there to teach? Get a Google calendar, block your stuff. (laughs) Like what's there to do? But turns out like there's actually a lot more to it, right? Like with your energy, how much time you should spend on each thing. There's like all these different 
things, like categories of life. It's really looking at like, where do you want to spend time in your life and where do you want to draw boundaries? Yeah. And it definitely gets harder as you get older because there's just like so many like internal and external factors. Um, But I think these were all really great tips. I think I'm definitely going to apply a bunch of them to my own lifestyle. So thanks for sharing this. I hope people found this super helpful and uh, I guess we can end this podcast then. Thanks guys. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye.